This is the 2.1 cast. Visit the2.1.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at the2.1. Welcome to the 2.1 cast. My name is Neil Murray, I'm your host, and I am joined this week by James Kearney and Stefan Bienkowski. How are we doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not Can't too complain. Bad. Good. You, Stefan? Yeah. Decent enough. Enjoy the weekend's football? Yeah, it's always good. Yeah. I mean, it didn't start off very well for me, but. Is that yeah. p- purely because of your cooping or? Oh yeah, oh god, my hooping. Yeah, it was horrible. The 2.1 curse lives on. It does, and it's, you know, it's hurting me financially as well now. It's <laughs> yeah. out of pocket. I would say it's probably at its strongest, the 2.1 curse, because at no point did I think we'd be able to do something on Dundee that would, that would turn their fortunes Our around. Our powers really know no bounds. Yeah, so well, I, I put on a coupon for about a dozen or so teams in Scotland. 11 of them came in, and the one team that like let me down Hamilton. Yeah. And you know what as well, that I know we're at Tomberham today, but that Hamilton Dundee game was actually pretty nuts. Like Hamilton could have quite easily probably won that game as well. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> and with that in mind, we're really sorry, Livingston fans, because today's <laughs> podcast we're gonna take a closer look at Gary Holt's side. Uh, I mean, I think we could have done this any of the last three weeks really. They've mm-hmm. had such a good kind of run of form and we were just discussing there uh, before we before we started recording. It's not even as if uh, Livingston are playing the teams around them. Um, they've played the majority, if not all, the difficult teams in the league, and they've come out and they're looking pretty, pretty good shape. To be quite honest, um, a bit of a tumultuous start. They obviously lost Hopkins in the summer. Uh, Miller came in that lasted two games. Uh, they also lost their opening game to Celtic, and then Gary Holt's come in, and I mean we'll get we'll get into it more in a minute, but. You could probably say he's steadied the ship. I might be doing him a disservice there. He's maybe done a wee bit more than that. But I guess the main thing is they've they've kept that squad and they've been able to hit the ground running and maintain what they've done in the last two seasons in League One and the Championship, which when you think about it, it's pretty nuts. But uh, I guess we'll just kind of start by saying or asking wh- why are this Livingston team so good and why are they doing so well in the Premiership currently? Uh, I mean, the, the word that comes to mind for me is robust. Like they're just, They're so solid at the back and they just give absolutely nothing away in midfield which makes them really difficult opponents at any level if you can get a team that's well organised that's physical and is disciplined it doesn't matter who you are you're, you're going to struggle against that um, so I think that, that's really been the foundation of their success um, I think it's quite weird as well because I think if you're a coach trying to figure out okay, how am I going to beat Livingston the problem is when you look at for instance like the attack there's no focal point in there. There's not like one particular playmaker that's really dangerous or one striker that's dangerous. Like you know, no player in that team has more than one goal or one assist this season in the league. Yeah. Which means it's just when there's no specific threat like that, it's really difficult to figure out. Like okay, well, where do we start? Because they they play as a team like more so than arguably any other team in the division, and that sort of. The, the amount of like hard work they get through it can make it so difficult because there's, there's no obvious weak points or obvious air or obvious strong points either. Like, everyone just chips in on all areas of the pitch, and when you get a team playing like that, it's really difficult to find a way through. Yeah, it's it's that thing where like uh, everyone just works so hard, and it's again I'm not trying to downplay it because it's not the most uh, sophisticated of tactics or. Um, I don't want to say rocket science, but it, but it's not. But it works so well. And Gary Holt's come in, and he's not changed anything because he, he's probably taken a look at what Hopkins did for the for the last two seasons, and 
he knows this group of players can play very, very well with that system. And um, I guess the big thing, the pertinent point was, can these players step up and do it at another at a higher level once again? And the answer right now is a resounding yes, because not only have we got this resolute defence, which we'll get onto, but the, the midfield, yeah, there's maybe not that star man, but there's plenty of decent players. And the thing is, as you say, it's just they're always nipping at your heels, they're in your face. It's very, very difficult to pay, play. They flood that midfield, so you've got the kind of wing-backs coming in as well. So there's no space for... I mean, Rangers were the perfect example on, on Sunday. There was a lot of people lamenting their lack of uh, kind of creativity going forward, but they just never really got a foothold in the game or were allowed to do anything in the middle of the park going into the final third. And that's total testament to, to Livingston. And um, Yeah, I think... Sorry, jump in there. No, but I, think, I think the Rangers results actually pretty probably a good example of what Livingston are good at actually um, in the sense that they get the goal and they basically they, they, I was going to say they bunker down but that's not that's, that's an opposite of what they've done I think the real key to this Livingston team is that they obviously have this kind of mental aptitude that they just don't panic um, as we saw against Rangers this weekend in three in the, in the three premiership games so far this season where they've been winning at half time they've gone on to win every single one of those games and in three games in which they've been drawn at half-time, they've drawn two and went on to win the third. The only game they've lost this season was to Celtic, and that was also the only game in which they've been losing at half-time. So in six games where they've either been drawing or winning, they've gone on to draw or win. There's, there's never been a moment where they've basically gone behind and then, except against Celtic, where they've gone behind and lost, or they've been drawn and then went on to lose. So like folded, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, they, don't, they don't tail off in second halves, basically. I was going to say, even then against Celtic, yeah. It was a 1-0 win. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they conceded the goal, but it still didn't panic. Okay, they didn't get anything out of the game. But it was a 1-0, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, Celtic Park. You know, you know, 1-0 for a newly promoted side at Celtic Park. No, it's like, a lie. It was 3-1. 3 one, sorry. Yeah. It was a 3-1. Oh, oh, sorry. Big part. No, never mind then. <laughs> 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 no, but at the same point, like, what I was going to say about the Celtic game was it was Kenny Miller. So, not to try and shit all over Kenny Miller, but I would say that he maybe wasn't following the current blueprint. Well, they're playing Kenny Miller up front, weren't they? So Yeah, yeah. So, I would, I would say maybe... If they, who knows what would have happened if Holt had been there? Not saying they would have won, but you you maybe think that they might have had a better chances, conceding less uh, and being a bit more solid because they would have been going with that kind of Hopkins Holt yeah. game plan. But um, I think as well, the, the likes of Pittman and Byrne, the, the, it's not even like they aren't good footballers. They are. This is the thing. So when they're relied upon or when they, they're needed, sorry, to make a pass or like do a, a wee moment of magic, they are players that can do it. So. It's just that they're knuckling down and are very much just playing for the team. Like they can play football and they're good football players, but they are part of this team where essentially it is man marking to the tightest degree and following the ball and just putting so much pressure on their opponents that no matter who they are, whether that's Rangers or uh, St Mirren or anybody, they, they can't actually deal with it right now. And whether, whether that's sustainable is a completely different question. And if you can keep up that level of performance with 11 players or 11 first choice players, don't know whether you can do that, but right now it's work. Uh, it's paying absolute dividends, and no one can really break it down. I think Hearts were maybe the closest to doing that. They created quite a lot of chances and showed that if you play with a higher line and play with a four-four-two and flood that midfield or have more support in your own midfield, that you might get a bit more luck. But I mean, Rangers. At no point did Rangers really threaten Levy on Sunday. I don't think uh, they could have any complaints. Levy were by far the better side, and you said it before we came on, Stefan, that it could have been more. Could easily more. I think there's two things that play on Sunday. I think you had a really good Livings team and you had a pretty poor Rangers side. And Rangers have looked pretty. I did a piece for the Herald actually this week on it. It's like they've, they've, their performances across the board just drop off whenever they're outside of Ibrox, to be honest. So 
there was something of a perfect storm about it, but you know, you'd look at the stats in this Livingston team and they don't lie. I mean, I'm, I'm hopefully not going to just basically blurt out what James has lined up here, but I took a quite look at their mid-defensive stats um, compared to our teams in the division. They're second highest in the division right now for shots blocked per game. Sixth, um, uh, sorry, third highest for the amount of aerial duels they're winning. Um, but they're only sixth. They're sixth in the division for how many shots they concede. Not not as in terms not in terms of goals conceded, but how many shots opposing teams get away against them. So even though they're the second high, they're the second best at blocking shots, but they only get the sixth highest amount of shots to block, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So teams don't get the same amount of opportunities to hit shots against them, but when they do, this Livingston team are second only to maybe I think it's St. Johnson or someone um, in terms of getting in front of that. And, you know, um, they're obviously winning the aerial just and stuff. I know that's, pr- I don't want that to kind of come across some kind of as I'm characterising Livingston is a no-nonsense defensive team because there's more to them than that but to give them the credit where it's due their defensive stats are solid on their own right It's crazy there was a stat actually and it was Callum Carson from the West Lothian Courier so he's the sports editor there and he like, follows Livingston obviously wherever they go he's covered them extensively for years and it was a stat he came out with and I think I used it in an article I did on uh, Livingston's defence a while ago and I'm trying to do the quick maths because at the time it was just after they beat Hibs right and I think the stat was with Halkett, Lithgow and Gallagher in defence they'd won, uh, played 56, won 34 of those, drawn 17 and only lost 5. So since then they've went on to win another 2 games and drawn 1. Mm-hmm. So essentially when those 3 are playing together they've only lost 5 games and that's just like, even though yeah, that's maybe like championship and also now premiership, that's an absolutely unbelievable stat and I think it's actually very telling of how good that backline are. It's just, they're just so effective because um, Halka's young, he's only 23, but he is, make no bones about it, an unbelievably good leader of that side. So Lithgow and Gallagher in their own right are fantastic centre-backs, and I'm sure we can get into that a wee bit more later, but Halka, I think, is really that key part, and part of me must be like Rangers, yeah, they've signed the likes of Katic and Golson, but it's players like Halka, and yeah, it's one thing doing it with a lower expectation level at Livingston or whatever, and taking the step down to the Championship to maybe improve and get game time, but he just looks like the full package, and... Um, it's not just that he's good in the air, he's, he's, just, he's a good, communica- good communicator, just all round, he's the kind of player you want in your defence and he makes people or players around him better and brings them up to his level and um, that back three are just brilliant. I mean, Lithgow could have had a bloody hat-trick on Saturday as well, or Sunday as well, so... Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're proper Scottish centre-backs, yeah, I love just it. like big, I love no-nonsense it. guys. I mean, you look at like, Halkett, like, he's got the third highest rate of like, interceptions per 90 in the league, uh, Jacobs is actually in midfield, obviously to sit in front. He's like sixth in the league mm. for interceptions for ninety. And then you look at like the aerial duels. You've got Declan Gallagher is third in the league for his percentage success rate. And then Halkett's right behind him in fourth. Like only Michael Devlin and Joe Shaughnessy are better than them in the air like this season. Like they're they're both just really excelling. Lithgow's still doing well as well, but just not quite to mm. the, not reaching the quite same heights as the others. But there's like I think there's a lot to be optimistic about as well I think if you're a Livingston fan not only because like, yeah obviously they're strong at the back but when you look at the way they play I mean like Declan Gallagher for instance he's I think he's fourth in the league overall for his, the amount of long passes he attempts per 90 minutes he's got a great passing range but yeah. you know, the rest of these players in the top five are all goalkeepers he's got the highest he's got by far the most of any outfield player mm. and he's you know it's just it's another sort of way of attacking that Livingston have which you know to be honest, let's be honest they need Every sort of different way they can because like they've not got the most 
uh, yeah. not the most creative side going forward. No, it's like not the most nuanced way to attack. But yeah. then I think the thing is, like, I don't think any Livingston fan would argue that they are. And yeah, exactly. I, and yeah. I think, as you say, like, it's plain to their strength. It's, strength is super effective. They know they've got this solid back unit and like flooded midfield so it's like well come and break us in if you want but what we're going to do is we know we can win lots of 50-50s so if the ball's in the air in your final third there's a really good chance we're going to cause some trouble and as you say if Declan Gallagher is another kind of facet to that and he can be another kind of danger man in terms of setting balls up for like Menga or Robinson then I think it's a yeah as you say like a really good outlet for them yeah I think just to kind of jump on that as well like it's undoubtedly clear I think so far this season in the league, that if you if you sort out your backline, it makes such a big difference to where you are in the league. Because it's no it's no um, coincidence that the number the best defense league right now is top, and then Livingston, who are joint second with Celtic, are third, and Celtic are obviously fifth. And in between that, uh, you've got Kamonica fourth, who've only conceded six goals from seven games. The only real outlier from that is maybe Hibs, because they're not really perceived as a defensive side. Although six goals in seven games is fine, um, but you know. It, I think that's probably the starkest contrast between Livingston and the other perceived bottom six sides. You know, um, Dundee, St Mirren, Motherwell, Hamilton. The, I mean, I did a piece of Motherwell last week actually on how um, Robinson is seems to be really, uh, you know, bothered by the way they're not scoring goals like they did last season. But in fact, it's actually the way they concede goals that's the real problem why they keep losing games. Um, Hamilton, you know, are all over the place as well. So. I, I, Without, like I said, I know it's maybe a, it's a wee bit of a cliche to say you know the plucky young team are good defensively, but it's it's it's, it's a golden rule throughout the Premiership. If you, if you if you can stop goals going in, sometimes that's more important than actually scoring them. Um, and so far we've seen that with Livingston because they're only averaging one goal a game. I mean, just just another note on the defence as well. I mean, like one of the things that really caught our eye, I think, last season about Hearts was the fact that their expected goals against is like so much higher than their actual goals against. This season, it's Livingston who are doing that. I mean, they've got they've conceded four goals, but they've got an expected goals against of nine point one one. So that's a difference of like over five goals that they really they should have conceded but haven't mm. because of you know the, the defense is performing well and the goalkeepers performing well. You know, like for instance, the next closest like that, that's a huge gap at this early stage of the season. Like the next best team in that regard is Hearts, and their gaps about two point eight goals. Right between like that's huge. yeah, so like, you know, like they're they're really really excelling excelling. Like they should have conceded twice as many goals as they have and yet they're not you know it's, it's really impressive stuff yeah. I think as well when you talk about how impressive this defence are or the need for the defence to be strong for, for any team in the league but with us Livingston side you get an idea of how effective they are because they're the lowest in the league for possession I think they've only got about just over average 43% of possession so they do not have the ball very often which means they are on the back foot or they're trying to win it back which obviously tells you the story that they're very good at that or they're very very resilient again how sustainable that is across 38 games I mean that's up for argument uh, at the moment the other thing is as well though that kind of tells you a wee bit more of a story about how they play is you were talking about De- Declan Gallagher having that kind of long passing range and I kind of touched on how they attack but they, they also are per 90 I think or not even per 90 in total and per 90 play the most long passes in the league so there's a clear identity there um, but my god it, it works and teams find it very very hard to live with and it's I don't even think it's just a kind of hit and hope we're just going to punt the ball up there's definitely a method to to the madness because mm. they know exactly what they're doing like Gary Holt said it he's like we're not going to play if we try and play tippy tappy football 
we will lose. He's like, our identity is this, and there's a reason for it. It's like, he, they have, it's maybe similar to what we're saying for the mother last season. People could say, oh, they're just like, like they're rough and tumble, and they're extremely physical, and they're a bit dirty. But like, it was definitely like, that was drilled into them, and there was a way Robinson wanted them to play. It just looked on the surface, and it maybe was like, they're kind of thuggish, which was not fair at all. And it's the same with Livingston. You could just say, oh, well, they just hit and hope this punt up the park. It's like, well, maybe they do play the long ball a lot of the time, but they're certainly drilled to play a certain way, and... I don't think you can really turn your nose up at it, particularly when the results are um, two promotions and now flying in the Premiership and beating teams that they really, not they have no right to beat, but would not be expected to beat uh, on any given occasion, really. Um, I'm just going to continue into the next question, I guess, then, which is how much credit does Gary Holt deserve in all of this? Oh, a lot, I think, you know. Um, I mean, obviously he's picking up off of uh, David Hopkins' excellent work beforehand, but you know, he's, he's obviously identified that that's the best way to get them playing and also they've had to integrate some new signings as well and he's got them on board with that as well. So, like, I think it's, it is, it is, like, he deserves a lot of credit as well. And I think one of the interesting things that sort of caught my eye about Livy so far this season is that normally with these sort of sides when they're quite defensive and stuff, um, when they're attacking going forward, a lot of time it's like, okay, there's long balls, but there's also, like, lots of crosses and stuff into the box. But Livingston actually hit... I've hit the fewest crosses really in, in the league this season, like, and the same with dribbles as well. Again, they don't dribble with the ball, mm-hmm. like. Um, but what they're very good at is interceptions. They, they're really like, yeah, they lead like the league in the interceptions. So, interceptions. So you know, it's yeah. a classic thing of like, okay, Joe, you, know you guys can have the ball. We don't need the ball. Like we're happy to play without it and just you know focus on positioning and organisation, and all of that comes down to Holt's work. I think. I mean, we, we did our manager of the month uh, piece earlier on in the weekend. Like he was the comfortable winner, I think, mm-hmm. which is pr- probably unsurprising given the run of form they're on. But it just goes to show, like, I mean, he's he's literally not put a foot wrong. Like, I think you could maybe say, what well, maybe the game against maybe Hearts is that is that the low point when they, when yeah, they got a point against outside that's otherwise got a hundred percent win record at Tyne Castle as well. Yeah, like, like, is is that the low point? Like, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's it's so good. Yeah, it's I think really it's exciting. Like, he came into quite a. It's not a hostile environment, but like it certainly was. All wasn't rosy. They just like sacked the player manager, which was a bit of a controversial appointment in the first place. The youth academy went. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It wasn't like he came in and he had all the kind of uh, infrastructure in place. It's like, well, he should be hitting the ground running. It's like this is a new team that, let's be honest, favourites for relegation. I'm pretty sure if we go back and listen to our opening podcast of the season, we don't need to do that. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Let's, let's do that because I called Saint Mirren. I said Levy would be fine. Did, I'm, yeah. I'm being quite proud of myself at the moment. I think I said Dundee, so I don't know. But uh, anyway, <laughs> well, don't, anyone we're naming right now will be safe given the curse. So uh, Rangers will be battling with Celtic for relegation. Uh, no, so I I think he deserves, like you say, a huge amount of credit because there's one thing to come in and pick up the odd point and this is the thing we, we touched on it before it, it's like it's Rangers it's it's uh, it's Hibs I mean they, they came from behind to beat Hibs um, that just, that's unreal and that was when Hibs were not really yeah Hibs haven't maybe been as effective as last season but there was no way that Livingston were expected to do that again a draw at Tynecastle whether they rode their luck or not um, it's something Celtic couldn't do Celtic couldn't get a point from Tynecastle he's like we said he's identify what this team are good at and he's kind of just said right well these are the players I've got if it was working before why would I change it mm. I'm not so sure they'd be here if Kenny Miller was still there because I think Kenny Miller would have liked to have put his own stamp in the team and done his own thing and that probably was always going to be the case if he was going to be part of the starting 11 as well um, so I think it's a really astute appointment I, it, it's not what it was from left field but it was a bit like 
he's not he's not been consistently in a job. He's been in and out of management or first team coaching roles and um yeah, deserves a huge amount of credit. I don't know if anybody's got anything else to add on that, but it's just gonna ask something for you guys, right? Okay. okay. Since Holt's been in charge, how many goals do you think Livingston have conceded? Conceded, right? I mean, I'm gonna try and one, uh, four. Seven. One. Two. Two. What, there's a League Cup game as well in there. Oh, oh right, okay. So right. the, the oh. League One was Hibs, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, a, they conceded once against Hibs and they conceded once against Motherwell in the League yeah, Cup. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Apart from that, not conceded a goal. I mean, unbelievable. See, well, the Motherwell one's an interesting one because I was actually about to kind of piss on this parade a wee bit <laughs> um, in the sense that we were looking at their fixtures coming up now and perceived wisdom is yeah uh, is that um you know they've 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 played the hard games now they've got an easier run of games they've got motherwell away dundee at home st johnson at home and then hamilton away now you would think that's obviously where Levinson would be like right okay well we've got a bit of confidence behind us let's go and win this game these games but they're gonna to have to play a completely different style of football in these games because the likes of motherwell dundee uh, St. Johnson may be an exception but certainly Hamilton these are going to be teams who are like right well we're playing against a really tough at Livingston team let's make sure we defend first and foremost and Livingston are going to have to completely change the style where they play and we're talking about a Livingston team that right now are making almost half as many passes as their opponents per game mm-hmm. um, right now they are making 1.71 counter attacks per game which is almost which is more than twice of the amount of uh, counter attacks they have to defend per match so right now, they're quite happy being that team that defends, don't pass too much, but they counter-attack twice as often as their opponents. What happens when that switches round and they finally play a yeah. Motherwell team or a Hamilton team or Dundee side who are going to put 10 men behind the ball and Livingston uh, will be... They'll, they'll, they'll suddenly have the obligation to attack. Yeah, they'll have to seize the initiative. They'll have to seize the initiative. Suddenly, it's a lot harder to counter-attack because there's less space to run into. Suddenly, um, you know... The, the back line's 20 yards further up the park than it was against Rangers or someone like that and I'm not I'm not trying to be negative just for negative sake here but I think it'll be I'm, I'm more interested in crit- critical of just seeing how Holt tackles these games are they still going to sit back they might sure maybe they might be like look it's still Motherwell uh, we're the promoted team we're going to sit back at Fur Park or something like that however I, I'm more inclined to suggest that they'll probably feel the inclination like right these are the kind of games we have to really pick up points as well because this amazing one of forms isn't going to last forever. I'd be intrigued. I'd be intrigued to see if that's when we start seeing someone like Dundee and Motherwell pick them off because suddenly they're they're playing outside their comfort zone. Yeah, I mean something like Hamilton as well. That's going to be two teams that play rather similarly, um, and it'll be a real interest. I don't, I don't imagine it's going to be uh, the beautiful game. I think it will be a pretty scrappy affair. But I think you're right. It's, it's interesting. I was literally just about to ask there, can they sustain it? And I think there's a couple of things. I think, yeah, one, it's all well and good saying, yeah, they're now going to be playing the teams around uh, uh, what we thought were going to be around them. Hmm. Well, but, sorry to jump in there, by the way, but this is exactly what we saw in Motherwell last season as well. Yeah, actually, exactly. Where they were much better against the big games. And then, obviously, they, ha- they completely burnt out because of the League Cup final. But before that, they were far more comfortable against the likes of Rangers, Celtic, for example. And then when they come up against these smaller teams and then in general their form just petered out didn't it? We wonder if it's because Livingston will have to as you say do more with the ball like, there's no way they're going to have 43% possession against like a Hamilton or a Dundee it's going to be much more even and then if it's long ball after long ball from Hamilton and Livingston is it just going to be a stalemate or I know what you mean maybe they'll have to come out more or play slightly more open for anything to happen I, I agree I think the other thing is as well in terms of being able to sustain it is the way they play is so intense mm. and to, to have 
players in the midfield playing such a kind of intense man marking style and constantly closing down and having three three brilliant defenders at the back can they sustain that for 38 games I don't want to say no maybe maybe they can I hope I'm proven wrong but it's it's a lot to expect a defence to take that much kind of uh, not even a battering but like to be on the back foot so much that is, that's is a lot across a season so then they did that last season I mean, I mean you're you know, right, yeah. right I mean obviously when they were in League One game promotion it wasn't you know they were a bit more dominant but I mean yeah, last season you know again it was a similar system and then you know they, they did absolutely fine even when they eventually knocked this out and stuff like, you know they played parentship and it was stuck to the same system they were totally fine you know mm. so I think that they probably do have that sort of endurance required but as I think as Stefan said I think the interesting thing will be when they have to change their with their way of playing yeah. and it'll be interesting to see if they can do that I mean yeah there might be some Livingston fans right now saying screaming at their phones look that happened last season too where we started playing teams quite quickly who we were perceived to finally we, we finally reached a point where we were expected to beat them and then maybe their playing style did change so I'm not suggesting for a minute that they, they won't be able to deal with it I'm just saying I think it will, it will demand I've got to analyse it and be analytical about it yeah I think the interesting thing you've seen about like the way they've came up the leagues is that undoubtedly this continuation is one of the key assets here you compare it to St Mirren who lost a number of key players they went through a similar kind of manager many go round and unfortunately the man they brought in basically sold a large percentage of that team that got them promoted in the first place including obviously Morgan who was leaving anyway um, Dundee, as we talked about last week, they've gone through all sorts of mayhem in the transfer window. Hamilton are always a basket case. So, you know, aside from maybe St Johnston, and I think Motherwell have actually done well to keep their squad large together, although they are missing Kipri. Um, Livingston have just kind of hit the ground running because nothing has really changed, even though the managers have shifted around the way they play is largely the same. You know, these guys, like you say, like, if. If, if it was a new team there would genuinely be consideration like well you know can these guys do it but they'll probably sink in, in their own hearts like well we did it last season so they've yeah, got well, that confidence I think you're right if they can take the, some of them can take the step up from League 1 to, to Championship people it's, it's maybe that belief shown in them as well they want to repay a manager saying like listen we are good enough to continue this like and there's obviously a really good team spirit there I, I covered a couple of the playoff games and when you talk to, I mean, it was Hopkins at the time, but even players, I think it was Lee Miller I spoke to, and he was like, the, the fitness training they were putting in, they're a really fit team, but also the, the actual uh, feeling around the dressing room that you get, they're, they're a really close group of players, and um, there's just a lot of belief, and that's the thing, I think there's maybe, you look at St Mirren, I think the manager, whether it was, he Stubbs fell out with some players, but I think they also thought that, oh, these guys maybe won't be able to cut it, so we'll need to try and get somebody new in, and it's kind of blown up back in their face, because... Some of the players they brought in aren't even as good as what they had before, and um, they're really, really struggling. But no, Livingston, it just shows you that like uh, there's no reason that if you, there's a team coming up from the championship that a significant portion of their squad can't perform up another level. Um, I, I guess the only other thing we should talk about before we finish is I think Liam Kelly deserves it. Maybe I mentioned as well. We talk about the defence, but he's been really good in goals for them as well, and um, obviously another ex-Rangers player, but he's dropped down to like a, a perceived lower team. I need to say perceived lower because at the moment they're head in the league. Um, but he's also been excellent. You talk about that expected goal kind of rate. Um, McLaughlin was huge last season for Hearts and kind of that disparity. I think Kelly as well as Halkett, Gallagher and Lithgow deserves a bit of credit there. Which puts me on to my next point. Oh God, here we go. Liam Kelly and Craig uh, and Halkett, do they deserve a call-up for Scotland? 
I think it's just you that thinks that. Is it just me? You kind of talked to us before we record. Like, I'm going to stick the sim. You and James and I just kind of looked at each other like, right. Do you want to make your case for it? And he'll just politely refuse to comment. I would say they'd be like starting for it. I mean, maybe Halkett more than. Like Craig Halkett more than Kelly. Who do they replace? Charlie Mulgrew. I can get on board with that. I don't know, but like I'm just, I, I just think he can't be far off it. Um, How could maybe? I think Kelly's got to be better. Well, this when, when I look at when I look at the three keepers actually for this squad, it's McLaughlin, McGregor, Gordon. Maybe not, but also if one if one of them were to retire, and let's be honest, McGregor and Gordon are re- going to retire soon. I think he would be in the three, maybe be Archer, McLaughlin, and him. I know this is very much in the future, but I think I think Halkett must be close. Must be close. You love Halkett, don't you? I think he's just a really, really good player. I, I think he's put him in, and if he's dreadful, then cool. Like it's not cool. We got to win. We got to reach no, the European in, in, a, in a friendly, not a Nations League. Put him against Portugal. Up against Ronaldo. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I just think like, uh, why not? Why not try him out in some friendlies and see how he gets on? I, th- I think these guys have to prove themselves over a long period of time in the Premiership before we're really torn with them. Simply because if we start throwing guys in straight away, Graham Shinney's going to start crying. Because yeah. he's been winning about six yeah. years at a consistent level in the yeah, Premiership. Graham Shinney. Yeah. And Andrew, Andy Constantine would be got as well. Constantine's going to go where that's going. Yeah, right back. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, left back. <laughs> left back. Push Robertson forward, Constantine behind him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we'll leave it there. So, so yeah, we put up a poll before the game uh, about where people think Livingston will finish. So the final results are 58% think they'll finish somewhere between 7th and 9th. Right. How many people think they're going to get relegated? Or in the bottom three? Well, 9%. 9%. 9%. That's interesting. Which, I actually, I don't know how I feel about that. I think that's probably fair enough. How does that break down the top half? So top half, nobody thinks they'll be in the top three, which is maybe fair enough. Right. Um, but 33% think they're going to be fourth to sixth. So that's pretty, like a third... Think that I think that's pretty decent. I think seventh to ninth. I think it'd be a really, really good season for Livingston. Yeah, I can see them basically doing a kind of Motherwell where they they hit the ground running, do a really strong start, and they probably tail off. But I mean, with Motherwell basically last season, they accumulated so many points between the start of the season, and Christmas that even though they went on a horrendous run in January, they still had enough points in the bank. So well, that's it. Yeah, I, I could I could see that happening, and I don't seem seeing anyone. I, even though Dundee just picked up the first win. Uh, I don't see them being anywhere near as poor as Hamilton, St Mirren or Dundee to be honest with you yeah, I think they'll be fine and the, the thing is as well like uh, I know there's a 33% said 4 to 6 but then I think you do have to think about there are 6 teams that you would think I mean Kilmarnock look like they, they are going to be there like, they just look like again well drilled there was maybe some doubts at the start of the season but they're good Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen it's hard to look at Livingston displacing the only, the only top six teams who aren't really at it right now are Celtic and Rangers <laughs> so I know I wouldn't even say Aberdeen are great either but, oh sorry Aberdeen uh, yeah, of course yeah but, um, I mean yeah but we could expect the three of them would probably pick up their form yeah. Aberdeen bottom six this season oh, right. did you say that yeah I'm sticking to it yeah. do you think Livingston <laughs> could be the one that kicked them out possibly yeah don't well, see why more, not more so then than any other bottom six I'd say yeah, probably yeah, yeah but we, 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 we thought St Johnston before uh, you wrote the article and I think it thumped 5-1 oh, yeah, of over Rangers alright so should we say this right now James thinks Livingston are going to finish top six and Aberdeen are going to finish bottom six. Uh, I think I'm convinced Aberdeen will finish bottom six. Livy, right. really? I'm not sure. Yeah, no, honestly. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is the year they, they, look, they look quite good against Celtic. It's quite the claim. Um, we'll leave it there. Uh, yeah, a couple of things before we go. So, if you enjoyed the chat in Livingston, there's a great article on the website from Blair Newman which takes a kind of deep dive into 
uh, the tactical side of Gary Holt's side and why they have been so success, successful sorry, in transitioning from Championship with similar tactics to the Premiership. Uh, I actually, just going to shout it for myself, I did something a while back now, but it was after maybe three or four games. I think it was just after the Hibs victory on Lithgow, Gallagher and uh, Halkett. So uh, if you're interested in reading more about their defensive trio, there's that. Um, we've also got James's Manager of the Month piece, which obviously Gary Holt came out on top. If you want to see the methods behind how that came to pass, then uh, read that. And also you can have a look at how the rest of the Premiership managers are getting on uh, across all competitions this season. And apart from that, we've got a piece on Dundee United this week. Obviously after Laszlo's uh, sacking, mutually agreed parting, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we've also got a piece on Lee Griffiths from you, Stefan, about how he should be starting every European game for Celtic. And there'll be much, much more on the site across the week. Uh, we're on the usual social media channels, at the 2.1, that's Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And we've got a few more reviews and ratings on iTunes, so that'd be great if you could keep those coming in. Uh, it really helps us out and we really, really appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, the 2.1 cast on iTunes, but also on Audioboom. And if you prefer Spotify, we're also on there. But uh, apart from that, I think we're all done for this week. You guys get anything to say, any parting words of wisdom? If your club are doing particularly well, particularly poor, and you want us to turn their form around, just send us a tweet, leave us a review, and we will pick them up. And if you want to slip a few 20s under there as well, then uh, <laughs> we will consider either helping or demolishing your rival's form, because that seems to be what we do now. So we're really sorry, Livingston, and we'll be back with another episode <laughs> of the 2.1 cast next week. Cheers.